Oh, you guys are looking very relaxed today. Yep. Is it the sun or what is it? You're looking all, gee, nice haircut, Desmond. <laughs> Saving that shampoo again. <laughs> Good on you. Well, welcome. We, I'm glad that you've come to New Hope today. You know why I'm glad? I'm very glad because God's going to speak to you. My, my words, God will speak. He who has ears, listen. Listen very carefully. And God's going to speak to you today about some things in your life that have been holding you back. And anything that gets you unstuck when you're stuck is a great thing. Jesus came to set you free. Free from all patterns of reacting. Free from all patterns of thinking which keep you constrained. You see, the Bible says be changed by the renewing of your mind. Be changed. Today, Father, I thank you so much that you care for us and you love us so much that you don't want to leave us where we are, but you want to make us more like Jesus. Holy Spirit, today, speak to your wonderful family. Move them, convict them, challenge them, comfort them, I ask in Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. If you have your outlines, I would highly encourage you to take them out today. Because we're going to move through a number of things. We're on Matthew chapter 5. And this is the third part in the series. Don't worry. Be happy. That's the third part in the series. Jesus' eight secrets to happy living. And today I want to take a look at the most misunderstood attitude there is. It's the attitude of meekness. Matthew 5. If you have your Bibles, open them up. If you haven't, they're on the screen and on your outline. Matthew 5 says this. Happy, remember, which means blessed and to be envied. That's the full meaning of the word in Greek. Blessed and to be envied. Happy are are the meek. For they will inherit the earth. That's what the Bible says. Now actually, if you look at that, prima facie, that looks totally ridiculous. It's an oxymoron. It's a contradiction. Why? Because the culture today teaches us you've got to push to get ahead. Pushy, 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 pushy. Huh? You've got to climb over others. Who cares if you stand them and you leave a trail of dead bodies behind you? That's what, the ch- that's what the world, the culture says. Just get to the top at any price. Who cares if you stand on people, you compromise your convictions along the way in the mad, headlong rush for the scramble to the top, right? Now, the problem we find today, friends, is the word meekness has lost its true meaning. Lost its meaning. Actually, if you call a man meek today, some people would sort of take it as an insult. What do you think I am, some wimp? Some Mary tea towel? What do you think I am? Some timid, afraid, spineless jellyfish? Because that's what people think the word meekness means. Folks, wrong, 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 totally wrong. And I want to clarify that. You know, we used to say, you know, you know, meek as a mouse. And a lady said to her husband, Are you a man or mouse? Squeak up. I want to clarify what meekness actually... I want to get the correct definition in your heads and replace that bunch of baloney with the truth. What is meekness? Now, first of all, let me say what it's not. Meekness is not 
weakness. By any stretch of the imagination. There were only two men in the Bible called meek. Who were they? For five points. Why am I waiting? Moses, Moses five points to that man down there. Crunchy bar, please, Shona. Okay? The other person was Jesus. Neither of those guys were wimps. They were men's men. Men become men, by the way, in the company of men. Moses and Jesus, neither of them were pushovers. Both of them sit their minds like flints. Meekness, here it is, careful, is strength under control. That is what meekness is. In the Greek, I love to ride horses. I love to ride Arabian horses. They're the white ones. They've got some bang! They've got a power band. They're off. They've got lots of strength, those Arabian horses. The Greek refers to a wild horse that had been tamed. It is strength under control. Conversely, you try and ride an Arabian horse that hasn't been tamed, it's next to useless to you. It's got no, it doesn't do you any benefit. It doesn't get you anywhere fast. Some of you heard recently about the Hell's Angels who went on a ride, you know, on their choppers. They went down the road and they pulled over in a calf to have a bit of a, a, a drink. And they saw a truck driver sitting over in the corner minding his own business. He'd had a long night. And he was having his spaghetti and sausages and he's having a beer with it. And the Hell's Angel came over to him just being deliberately provocative and took the plate of spaghetti and smashed it over his head. And took the beer and poured it in his lap. The truck driver wiped it off, went up to the bar, paid his account, and went out the door. Didn't do anything. And the hell's angel looked over the bartender and says, huh, not much of a man, is he? The bartender looked at him and said, not much of a truck driver either, he's just run over 12 choppers. <laughs> Meekness is strength under control. It's emotional stability. It's controlling my reactions. Jesus said, happy are those who do not overreact to people. Today we're going to look at five ways that we can work on our reactions to other people. Every one of us in this room, if you have a pulse, this applies to you and me. The first one. When somebody this week serves you, I want you to be understanding (coughs) and not demanding. The Bible says don't just think about your own affairs, but be interested in others too and what they are doing. Your attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus. Now, I want to ask you, point blank, how do you treat those who serve you? How do you treat them? Your secretary. The person at the supermarket who's just learning to drive 
the till. He keeps having to ding the bell to get the supervisor to reverse out what she did, which was wrong. How do you treat your employees who effectively serve you? If you're lucky enough to have a cleaner, how do you treat your cleaner? Or your mower man? Or the person who serves you petrol? Or the fast food joint? Hurry up! What's this? Fast food? Well, okay. How do you treat them? Are you understanding or are you demanding? And that brings up another question. Because when I go to cafes, I listen very carefully to some of the people who serve. What's the reputation of Christians at the cafes or the restaurants? What is our reputation? What is the New Hope member's reputation when they go to a restaurant? Are they understanding or are they demanding? See, the secret of great service is treat everybody with respect. Be sympathetic and understanding. So your project this week I want to give you, because people serve you at home. Your wife serves you when she makes you a meal. Your mother serves you when she washes your clothes. And by the way, in my view, if you're over 13, you should be washing your own clothes. Do I hear an amen from the parents? And by the way, do you know what an iron looks like? I better stop. I'm meddling. (laughs) Keep going, okay? And vice versa. You, You wives, do you... Are you appreciative of your husbands when they serve you? Or are you demanding? It goes both ways. So this is a project for you this week. This week. Can you take that very first point and be doers of the word of God? Not just hearers. For the people that serve you, are you understanding or are you demanding? Number two. And this is a big one, because it will happen to you even this week. When somebody disappoints you, be gentle, not judgmental. The Bible says, accept him whose faith is weak, without passing judgment on disputable matters. He's saying, happiness is when you can accept people when they haven't quite attained your level of perfection. When they don't have to reach up to your standards to be loved. That's what it's saying. The Bible says this. If a person is trapped in some sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself. Or you also may be tempted. Galatians 1. Question. How do you react when somebody messes up their life? How do you react? Well, I told you so. I could see this coming a thousand miles off. Huh? Ever said that or felt like that? Serves him right. I would never be that dumb. Yeah, right. 
Or do you get kind of like a little secret self-satisfaction when somebody you know blows it? Be careful. Be careful. You know, what angered Jesus, I find the most, is self-righteous, smug religious people. Self-righteous people who thought they were perfect and looked down on others who were struggling with sin. Who spent their time judging other people wrongly. That's another sermon. Some people say, oh, don't judge. If people say that to you, they haven't read the Bible. You are to judge. That's another whole sermon. But the problem is, Jesus was getting after judging hypocritically. He said, if there's a you know, log in your own eye, and there's a speck in your brother's, first take out the log, so that you can then see clearly to help your brother. So don't let anybody twist you or bash you with that one. It's judging hypocritically Jesus was getting after. Just make sure you're doing it yourself. That's what he was saying. Okay. So happy are those who treat others the way that God treats them. I find there's a beautiful sense of sweetness about Jesus, but it's quite convicting. He he corrects me without condemning me. He, he, He convicts me without destroying me. And I know I am wrong, and I want to change. That's the end result of that. So meekness is when people disappoint you, you are gentle with them, not judgmental. Number three. We're talking about attitudes here. When somebody disagrees with you, be tender without surrender. This is what it means to be meek. Now, there's a fact in life, and I've learned this, have you, that you cannot please everybody. Anybody learn that? <laughs> you can't. Just about the time you get this bunch happy at work, this bunch has got their tie in a twist. And you undo this one, and you're back to this one. So, God can't even please everybody, because somebody's praying for the rain, somebody's praying for sun. You know, so, here we go. So, now, the test of, a ch- of maturity is, how do you handle disagreeable people? This is what it's all about. Meekness here. How do you handle disagreeable people? These are the people who are argumentative. You know, they're always kind of, come on, come on, come on, come on. Looking for a fight. Just try me, just try me. And they love to just contradict what you say for the sheer hang of it. You say this, they'll say that. You call it white, they'll call it black. You know this type of people? Anybody met them? Yeah. And they love to get into a quarrel and to get into arguments. It's kind of like sport to them. Now, how do you respond to those types of people? You may have them at school in. You'll come across those type of people who will try and goad you in. How do you respond to these types of people? Well, there are three alternatives. You can retreat in fear. You can attack in anger. Or you can respond in meekness. The first one, retreat in fear. This is, you know, you're always giving in. You're passive. Always giving in. Meekness is not compromising your convictions. Never compromise your convictions. Meekness is not being passive. Meekness is not being a doormat that people just walk all over you. Many times that is a very bad thing to do. It's all, you know, meekness is not always letting the other person win. 
and having their own way. That is not meekness. That is weakness when you just let them always win all the time. Wrong thing to do. Meekness is not when somebody does that, turning around and trying to attack you and provoke you. It's not turning around and attacking in anger and fighting back and being sarcastic. That's not what it's about. It's not reacting in anger if somebody disagrees with you and using verbal overkill to just blow them out the door. When people disagree with them, some people are like this. It's everyone is a win or lose situation. They're going to win this or they're going to die. Look, there's only so many hills that are worth dying on. And many of the things I spent my life arguing about aren't really worth two beans. Yeah? Especially with my wife. <laughs> when I look back at it, yeah. I've got a book called, um, by General George Patton called Patton's Principles of Managers Who Mean It. And it's got a lot of one-liners in it. I love them. One of them is never fight a battle where nothing is gained by winning. Don't do that. That's good wisdom for you young ones. Never fight a battle. When nothing is gained by winning. Similarly, don't get into arguments over something that doesn't even matter anyway. You know, you argue with your wife, I don't know, about a date, something happened. She says it's the fourth and you say it's the fifth. And next minute, it's a 20 minute high end, hot day discussion over something ridiculous. So, you, or the third response here to these type of people is you can respond to meekness. You can be gentle without surrender. And by the way, that's a great approach with your kids. You affirm, but you don't surrender. But you, good managers, by the way, are firm, friendly, and fair. The Bible says this: you can be gentle without surrender. A gentle answer quietens anger, but a harsh one, okay, stirs up, stirs it up. See, friends, this is controlled strength. A gentle answer quietens anger. Question, do you try and devastate those who disagree with you? Pull them down. Many people use verbal overkill to make a point. The Bible says this, whenever there is jealousy and self-ambition, there will be disorder. But wisdom from above is peaceful, gentle, and friendly. Now, I want you to circle the word gentle here. The reason why I want you to pick out the word gentle is it's exactly the same word as meek. If you like to quarrel and get into arguments, or you know somebody who loves to quarrel and get into arguments, that indicates there is an ego problem. An ego problem around. Jesus says that person who is meek and happy, it's because he is tender without surrender. Meekness is the ability to disagree agreeably. And that is a skill that many of us need to hone. Not giving up your convictions, but it's disagreeing agreeably. Be it with your kids, your spouse, your boss. You can disagree with your boss, but do it respectfully. You're not to be a doormat. You stand up for your convictions. So meekness is the ability to disagree agreeably. It's being able to walk in a marriage. It's the ability to walk hand in hand without necessarily seeing eye to eye on every subject. 
meekness in the marriage. Two people don't... If, if two people are agreeing on everything, it means only one thing. That one of them is not necessary. See, you eat with a knife and a fork, not two knives and not two forks. You need the differences. But when you disagree, the skill is to be able to disagree agreeably. Now, when, you, when people disagree with you, do you uh, lie down and be a doormat? Just come on in, you know. Go ahead. Have it your way again. Or do you take the opposite approach? You fight tooth and nail like your wife depends upon it. You get angry and you fight back and you're sarcastic. Or do you respond in love in a gentle and give a gentle answer? Now, interestingly, notice this. In 2 Timothy 2, the Bible says meekness is a qualification for spiritual leadership. Boy, we need to take note of this. The Lord's servant must not quarrel. Those who oppose him, he must gently, that's meekly, strength under control, instruct. In hope that God will give them a change of heart. You see, we can't force anybody to have a change of heart. But we must stand for the conviction, gently, and hope and pray God will give them a change of heart. Sounds like some of our children sometimes. In New Hope, we say, in the essentials, we have unity. There's 11 of them. You'll learn about those in class 101. In the non-essentials, we have liberty. But in all things, we, uh, we show charity or love. So we need to learn to be understanding and not demanding when people, uh, with the people who serve us. And we need to learn to be gentle and not judgmental with people who let us down and disappoint us. And that can happen even in our own homes. And by the way, we let people down ourselves. In other words, happy are those who treat others the way God treats them. And then we just looked at how to be tender without surrender. When somebody disagrees with us. Now here's a good test. When somebody corrects you, be teachable, not unreachable. See, meek people are eager to learn. When somebody corrects you, be teachable, not unreachable. Meek people are eager to learn. They don't have an ego problem. They are teachable. And they certainly don't pretend to know it all. In fact, they'll tell you. I don't know. They, they don't give you that impression that they know it all. In fact, they know they don't know it all. In fact, some of the most, some of the greatest people that I respect, it scares the living daylights of me. I look up to them and they will ask me a question like, me? How would I know type of stuff? They were, they, they're always looking to learn. The Bible says this. Notice this. This is a great verse. Let everybody be quick to listen slow to use his tongue and slow to use his temper. Now that verse tells you how to get control of your temper. You do the first two and the third's automatic. So if you're quick to listen and you're slow to use your tongue, then you'll be slow to become angry. But conversely, let's flip that round, put the negative on that. If I'm 
not if I'm slow to listen, quick to speak, then my temper is going to go red line. Take that verse, cut it out, meditate upon it, and let the Holy Spirit brand it into you as he then uses that to change the way that you react. This verse tells us how to control your He's saying, use your ears. It's a question to you today to make this personal. When your mate, let's get real up close and personal. When your mate makes a constructive suggestion, how do you relate to it? Do you get defensive? Well, who are you to tell me what to do? Or how to do this? Are you open to new ideas? Because the Bible says this. In Proverbs 18.15 in the Living Bible, it says, The intelligent man, or woman, is always open to new ideas. Are you? In fact, they look for them. Are you looking for them? The intelligent man is always open to new ideas. In fact, he looks for them. Proverbs 18.15, Living Bible. You may want to go home and read that too. Meet people do not have all the answers. And on that issue, young ones, be very, very wary of people who claim they do have all the answers. Because they've just got a big ego problem. And the Bible says that pride comes before a fall. And they will surely fall flat in their face. A meek person, when somebody corrects them, you're teachable, you're not unreachable. And again, the wisest people I know are willing to learn, want to learn, actively seek to learn. In fact, there's a great verse here. Read it with me from Proverbs 13, verse 8. Whoever listens to correction is... Okay? Whoever listens to correction is honored. I saw some this week. I'd rather change my mind and succeed than have my own way and fail. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Question, how about you? How long has it been since you admitted you were wrong to your spouse? Let's start right there, to your spouse. I was wrong. I like to use a little phrase which helps me sometimes. I was wrong. I was only thinking of myself, which I was. Please forgive me. That takes a lot of wind out of a lot of sail. Because I'm not trying to define, defend my stupid decisions. Or my stupid statement. See, God, and then immediately God enters into that. Why? Because he gives grace to the humble. He will help me in that sticky situation. Because I'm being humble. A meek person is not a weak person. See, you can learn from anybody if you learn to ask the right questions. When I sit with somebody who's a mentor of mine, I have a list of questions. It's laminated. I pull it out and I ask them. I ask them how they manage their time. I ask them how they manage their money. I ask them how they keep themselves spiritually alive and, and firing. I ask them a whole bunch of stock standard questions I have because I want to learn from these people what, the, what habits they are doing in their lives. You can learn from even your enemies if you ask the right question. You can learn from your, learn from your in-laws. You can learn from your competitors. 
you can learn from even your kids. A meek person is a weak person because a weak person, a meek person is understanding and they are not demanding. A meek person is gentle and they are not judgmental. A meek person is tender without surrender. And a meek person is teachable. They are not unreachable. In other words, they've got two fingers in their ears. Now this fifth one, I want to explain a little. When someone hurts you, be an act or not a reactor. In other words, make people take the initiative. They act, don't react. They've thought about it. They don't just pssst, autopilot. The Bible says in Romans 12, 17 and 21, do not repay evil for evil. Overcome evil with good. I love that. Now the fact is, you and I, you and I will be hurt by other people. That's a fact. Now, my question to you today is, what is your usual reaction to people that hurt you? What is your usual reaction? Hello? Withdrawal? Anger? Huh? Oh, somebody's been honest. Revenge? Oh, I'll get that turkey. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'll get them, and I'll get them one better than they got me. That's what that happens. It's to retaliate. Now, to retaliate is to react. But to respond with forgiveness is to act and take initiative to overcome evil with good. Big difference. Now, when you say, have you ever caught yourself saying, you make me so mad? Huh? When you say that, you're admitting that the other person has got the power to control you. Listen to that. You make me. Why are you letting her make you? See, yeah, I love this. Booker T. Washington was a, a very, my kids studied this in, a, what would you call it here, elementary school. Booker T. Washington was a great black scientist, and he faced that hideous evil called prejudice all of his life. Okay? So you got the feeling of that? Hideous. But I love what he said. He said, I will never allow another man to control or ruin my life by making me hate him. Yeah! That guy had it. I will not allow anybody to make me mad. I choose. I have a choice in this. Now, the moment you retaliate, you give up control of your life. You are reacting, not acting. And meanness is the ability to handle the hurt without retaliating. A great definition of meekness is found here in Proverbs chapter 16. Would you read that with me? He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his own spirit than he who captures... Do you get the point? He's got real power. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his own spirit than he who captures a city. 
A person without, uh, and, and the, the converse of that, if you want to write out the side there, Proverbs 25, 28, the Bible says a person without meekness is like a city that is broken without walls. They are vulnerable. By the way, FYI, never go into business with a person who has an anger problem. Never get married to anybody who's got an anger problem. And by the way, you don't know that until you've been around them a while. Because they always show how good they are. Huh? Don't fall for that, you girls. Don't fall for that. Never engage another young man who has an anger problem. Because they'll come back to bite you. The Bible says a person with that means is like a city that's broken into and without walls. They'll bring you down. They'll leave you defenseless. Question. What determines your emotions? Whether they're up, whether they're down. Can you control your own emotions? Or does somebody else actually control your emotions? Your boss, for example. Do you let them control you? Jesus came to set you free from being controlled by other people. Be controlled by his spirit. You see, you'll either be controlled by his spirit or by the others, others around you. Your emotions are either controlled by your circumstances or by your character. That makes me so mad. That makes me feel so sad. That makes me feel so bad. No, 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 no. If so, if you are saying those things, your circumstances are controlling how you feel. That's not what Jesus is getting at here. See, I choose to feel happy. I choose not to feel depressed. Happiness is a choice. And I've said many times in this church before, you are as happy as you choose to be. Remember we talked about how to be happy in spite of the external circumstances around us. There's a link there to joy too, but that's another message. Meek people are self-controlled. Meek people control their attitudes. Meek people control their reactions to what happens to them in life. And you know what? Sometimes, friends, young people, listen to me. Sometimes life doesn't appear fair. This side of eternity. And by the way, as I said, you may not know what's going to, why these things happen. And when you get to heaven, you might find out, but you know what? I don't think it'll really matter when you get to heaven. I really don't think it'll matter two bits. But Jesus promises this. Blessed, happy, to be envied are those who control their reactions because they'll inherit the earth. What's this meaning? It's meaning that the person who has self-control of his emotions, the world is his. He controls the situation because he's not controlled by it. If you're a meek person, you are no longer a victim or a reactor. You inherit the blessing of God in your life because His Spirit is flowing through you. When you do that, God gives the meek His joy. He gives them His gladness and His blessing because they're overcoming evil with good. And when you do that, God is pleased. Jesus is saying that blessed are those who are self-controlled, happy and to be envied. Now, some of you might be thinking about this point. Well, I guess that kind of rules me out a little. I can't control this. Well, you're right. You may not be able to. In fact, you probably can't, but I know somebody who can. 
Bible says here in 2 Timothy 1.7. God's spirit doesn't make us timid. Instead, his spirit fills us with power, love, and self-control. God is saying, when I put my spirit in you, I don't turn you into a wimp. The results are threefold when I put my spirit in you. Power, love, and self-control. And the secret of controlling your reaction is letting God's spirit fill and control your life moment by moment. You'll be given a choice when you are in a situation at work or even in your marriage when you are naturally tempted to go down the old way of reacting. But the Bible says he promises a way of escape when you're tempted to just straight over that person to stop. Now, whether I choose to go that way and just go the old way or go the way God wants. If I stop, I am quick to listen. I am slow to speak. And what, by the way, whilst I'm doing that, I'm saying, God, would you help me? And choose to exercise your faith. Right then, that's the direction you can go in. That's your choice. That's how faith is practically applied in your life. His power can break those old ways of reacting, those bad ways of reacting, of being negative. You know when you're going to be negative. Of being defensive. Of reacting either in fear or anger or sarcasm. You have a choice at that point. He, by his wonderful spirit, can break all those old patterns and fill your life with three things. And note the results. Power, love, and self-control. Anybody want those increasing in their life like I do? Absolutely. I do. So even though you could fire up and blow them up, you don't. Strength under control. Even if, shock and horror, you're actually right for once. (laughs) You don't nail them to the floor over it. You are gentle and not judgmental. Jesus Christ is a prime example of this to me and gives me strength to hold back. Here he is, hanging on the cross. The Son of God, who made this terra firma that we're on, including the meteorite that whistled through Russia the other day. The whole lot. He could have called 10,000 angels in and zap. He could have blown the whole thing up and said, I don't need this. He had all the power, but it was under control. This is the happy, relaxed lifestyle. The lifestyle that Jesus modeled. Things don't rattle you because you're in control of your reactions. Even though you cannot control a person sitting next to you. Or the situation or the circumstances. You can't control some of that stuff. Resign from trying to do that. That will also reduce your stress. He will help you. Some of you are stressed out by strained relationships right now. As we sit here right now. And what you need more than anything else is you need to develop the quality of meekness. Which is what we've been talking about this third in the series of the Beatitudes. The quality of controlling my reactions that are governed, held in check 
by God's holy, blessed spirit. Would you pray with me? Would you just pray the simple prayer in your heart? Would you just say, Jesus Christ, I need more of your spirit in my life. I need your spirit of love and I need your spirit of self-control. The beautiful fruit of gentleness and meekness. Father, I ask for your spirit to be in ever-increasing portions in my life. So that when I'm hurt or disappointed, I can react in the way that is honoring to you, not in my natural, old, sinful way. Overcoming disappointment or evil with good. Today, if you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life, would you ask him to come in? You can just say in your mind, I don't understand all this. But Jesus Christ, I need you to help me. This next week when people serve me, help me to be understanding, especially at home. And Jesus Christ, when people disappoint me, would you help me, Holy Spirit, to be gentle and not judgmental? When people disagree with me, Would you help me to be tender and not just surrender my convictions? Friends, you don't have to give up your convictions, but you don't have to be argumentative either. When people want to correct me and offer suggestions, Father, would you help me to be teachable? And not unreachable. And sulk. And have a heart. Lord, when people hurt me, help me to be an actor and not a reactor. Help me to choose to respond with love and forgiveness and not react in retaliation. But Father, I want to leave that to you. I want to be like you, Jesus Christ. And I need your help and I need your power because without you, I am nothing. If you prayed that prayer, I believe that God heard you. And I would invite you to let me know about your decision. Father, thank you for your wonderful word. presence of your spirit which is speaking challenging to us now apply your word to our lives father help us help us to be like your son Jesus for we pray this in his powerful and blessed name amen